Welcome to Preheated, kitchen wisdom and friendly chat from two friends who love to bake. I'm Stefan Cohn in London. And I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. Every week we celebrate the successes, failures, learning and laughs that go hand in hand with baking for those we love. Today, we're back, baby, and we're ready to start our ovens for our favorite time of the baking year. Are you tired of the basic, reliable desserts you've been making for years? Then hold on to your oven mitts as we kick off a month of new twists on old classics. Up first, cocoa swirled banana bread with an interesting technique involving your freezer. Then, to officially cap off our summer, we'll run down some memorable desserts we made or ate while we were on hiatus. So put the kettle on and get ready for some sweet talk. Stefan, I had a huge baking success this summer. Are you ready to hear about it? I am so ready. You know, I love to enter baking contest, and my mm. local county fair, the Thurston County Fair, had a berry pie contest this summer, sponsored by Spooners. That's my fruit stand where I get all my fruit all summer long. Sounds right up your alley. Yes, indeed. So I thought a lot about what I was going to do, and I went to the Spooner's stand the day before the contest, and they had beautiful marionberries and raspberries and blueberries. Okay. okay. I bought all three, and I made a triple berry pie, and instead of doing a lattice top or a traditional top, I went ahead and used that crumble topping that you and I both love so much. Oh, yes. Yeah. I used that recipe from Art of the Pie by Kate McDermott, and I decided not to do anything different or quirky or odd. I know I've said in the past that quirky wins pie contest, but I thought, you know, I'm just going to let this fruit stand for itself. Yes. And so I went to the contest, and a little bit unusual, at least I haven't experienced this before, you actually sit in the audience and watch the judges taste. Oh, excruciating. Were you nervous? I was a bit nervous, but I ended up sitting next to another contestant. She was a lovely lady. She told me that she has already won several contests, so right away I thought, oh, great, here we go. And I said, well, what sort of pie did you make? And she said, well, Mm. this year I decided to do a mixed berry pie. So I did raspberries and blueberries and marionberries. And I thought, oh, gosh. And then I said, well, how? what sort of topping did you do? She goes, you know, normally I would do like a lattice, but this year I decided to do a crumble topping. (laughs) I said, well, the judges are going to have a tough time because you and I apparently did the exact same pie. And then she said, no, but I did something a little bit different that I've never done before. She said, I took some dried blueberries, about a quarter cup, Uh and then I soaked them in about a quarter cup of bourbon. And then I added that to the batter. Uh And, you know, I was thinking to myself, oh, you know, there's there she did. She did that little quirky touch. Mm. And then she said, but, you know, I'm not a drinker and I don't ever use bourbon. And I had some leftover bourbon. So I just dumped the rest in. Woo! Boozy blueberry pie. So I thought to myself, well, you know, it's either going to be a huge hit or not. And it was so funny when they announced the winners and uh, she, when they announced her name and, you know, she didn't win first place, she turned to me and she said, I know it was the bourbon. Too much. (laughs) Too much. 
And of course, you might recall I had my experience with one time estimating and dumping in too much bourbon yeah. in my jacked up banana bread, yeah. and it it was too much. So yeah. you do have to be really careful when you're adding bourbon to desserts. Well, I think, too, you know that no-churn caramel ice cream that I like to make, which you can add bourbon to. One of the notes in that recipe says it's going to be different, the finished product. So mm-hmm. I think either you're heating it, you're cooling it. Anytime you're working with alcohol, it may not be how it tastes as you're yep. preparing it. So it's a it's a good reminder. I'm so proud of you. I hope you update our website to claim your Thurston County Pie Queen title. I will, yes. So I did get a blue ribbon, but then even more exciting than the blue ribbon, it came along with this envelope. And I remember thinking, well, I wonder what's in this envelope. And I opened it up and it was cash. Oh, it was cash. <laughs> it was so yes. exciting. Oh I mean, gosh. I don't know about you, but I never have cash anymore. And so how often are you handed an envelope of cash anymore these days, right? Never. Right. Never. It was a thrill. Gosh, Andrea, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I was very excited. Well, listeners, speaking of delicious bakes, we need a little help from you, our listener community. We are putting together a mini segment for an upcoming episode, and it is about best bake sale desserts. So please let us know when you have organized a bake sale, when you have brought something to a bake sale for a school or a church or another nonprofit, some kind of a fundraiser, what has been the hot item? Was it a cookie bar? Was it a brownie? Was it a piece of pie, a piece of cake? We'd love to know. So you can shoot us an email, hosts at preheatedpodcast.com, or you can comment in our Facebook listeners group and listen for that segment coming up later this month. I dearly love a bake sale, and a lot of my bake sale these days are also asking for nut-free or gluten-free options. Yep. So I would love it if any of our listeners, when you send us a message, let us know if you have some special tips and tricks up your sleeve for those kind of items as well. Well, this month is called New Twist on Old Classics. And Stefan, is there anything more classic or beloved than the humble banana bread? There really isn't. We've talked about it since our very first episode. It's a bread that you and I love to make. We know so many of our listeners love to make. There was a great post recently from listener Carolyn about using up some bananas. It remains a way that we love to to use up our bananas and love to bake. And I think we feel a little bit healthy with it. I mean, I know I am usually not going to give my kiddo, let's say, a slice of lemon pound cake for breakfast, but I have no problem serving her some banana bread, and I might slap a little bit of peanut butter on it just to say, hey, there's some protein too. (laughs) And often I'll do my banana bread with a little whole wheat flour, so I always feel like there's even a little extra health going on there. Oh, so virtuous. (laughs) Indeed. Well, I looked across the internet and my cookbooks for various new twists on banana bread. My mother sent me her recipe, which includes egg whites mm. and that you whip. And that was interesting to me. And I do love my mother's banana bread. But, you know, sorry, Betty, I didn't end up going with that one. What I chose instead was a cocoa swirled banana bread. And it comes from Challenge Dairy. So okay. you might have seen Challenge Butter in your or a grocery store. Uh, Stefan, is that something they sell over there in London, or is that more of a U.S. item? Well, it's a European-style butter, so while this brand is not as prevalent as in the U.S., it's the type of butter is still very much. I'm available to get it with lots of brands here, so no problem. Okay, great. 
Well, the reason that I call this a new twist is the preparation technique. So this is a very bizarre way of using up your very ripe bananas. <laughs> Stefan, had you ever seen this method before that we're about to discuss, or was it new to you as well? It was new to me, and at first I had to reread it a few times because it seemed so unlike a recipe that you would choose because the first six, the first six steps in this recipe are all about the prep of the bananas. Yes. And yeah. I, I just found this so unusual, and I just can't wait to see if all of this work and this different method is worth it. So just to give you guys a preview so you know what you're in for if you bake along with us, you are going to take five very ripe bananas and place them in a plastic bag that you seal, and then you're going to squeeze and flatten the bag to mash the bananas. So that first step sounds very fun to me, and I'm quite convinced that if you have children in the house, they would love to help you with this. <laughs> then you freeze those bananas until solid. So this is not a recipe, you know, warning. Most banana breads, you can kind of on the off the cuff just say, hey, I'm going to make some banana bread. I see my ripe bananas. This does have this freezing and then this thawing method that comes next. So you do want to plan ahead. Yeah, good point. We usually think of banana bread as a quick bread, but not in this case. When you thaw your bananas, you're going to pour them through a fine mesh strainer. You're going to strain that banana liquid out, and you're going to save the pulp that remains behind. So basically, you're separating the pulp from the banana liquid. And honestly, I never thought I would say the words banana liquid. <laughs> I have never used banana liquid in a dessert. I've never done anything like this before. And then you're going to blend that banana liquid with cocoa powder and set it aside and then the recipe takes off and is more like a traditional banana bread recipe. Of course you're going to have your flour, your sugar, your brown sugar, your eggs, your salt, your baking soda, of course the butter which you know this is a recipe from the challenge European style butter. So right. A good stick of butter is going to be included. You're going to be alternating the regular banana bread batter with the cocoa banana bread batter and making this swirled banana bread. You know, I had a couple of thoughts when I looked at this recipe, and the first was I was wondering if the banana liquid was a way to make this low fat. And then, as you just pointed out, I went back and remembered that Challenge Butter was the sponsor, and so I thought, no, that's not it. <laughs> Because it does seem like a way, you know, cocoa powder, no fat way to add cocoa flavor to your baked goods mixed with that banana liquid. And if you've never frozen bananas before, don't worry. That will separate very easily once they're thawed. And so draining it off will be no problem to you. Yeah, I didn't think about it being a no-fat option, but because of this whole banana liquid thing, which I had never done, my guess was that it was to add moistness. And so I am curious to see if that works, because I do have some of my banana bread recipes which use oil. In addition to butter? No, but I was just thinking that the banana liquid is more like the consistency of an oil. Right. And the twist here, I guess, is that normally you just wouldn't separate it. The fact that you're separating it out and then adding the cocoa is what's a little bit different also, aside from just the freezing and the thawing method. Yeah. 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 That's my theory. Right. So anyway, I'm super excited about making this. It's going to be either fabulous or a lot of work for something that maybe doesn't taste any different than my regular banana bread. I don't know. Right. And my go-to banana bread is a chocolate swirled. It was originally a cooking light recipe that I have completely made non-light. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
it's one of those those kind of healthier recipes that were very popular in you know like the late 90s and so it was kind of fat-free sour cream and egg right. those egg beaters and everything and so when mm-hmm. you start using the real full fat sour cream and full eggs and all of that but that's my go-to it uses melted chocolate chips for the cocoa part so mm, I'm going to be interested okay. to see another option here too I often freeze bananas when they are ripe, but I can't get to them right away. So this could be another way to use up those bananas that are just kind of languishing in your freezer. But again, you're going to need to prepare and think forward because you need enough time to freeze those bananas solid and then defrost them. And remember, we'll have a link to these recipes in our show notes for this episode, which is episode 140. And that will be on our website, preheatedpodcast.com, as well as in our Facebook listeners group. Andrea, it is hard to believe our summer is almost officially over. Yeah, fall is my favorite time of year, so I have to be honest, I'm not too sorry to say goodbye to some really hot days and a steaming kitchen. Oh, you and me both. But I am sorry to say goodbye to a few summertime treats I just couldn't stop eating. You are not alone, my friend. One thing I look forward to every year is the August issue of Bon Appetit, and that's their annual simple issue, which means 10 ingredients or less. Ah, so Bon Appetit sounds like they used a few more ingredients than my version of August Simple. As you guys know, this summer my Quick Bite episodes were all about the three-ingredient bakes. On trend as usual, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Well, this year's August issue had a cover with a beautiful strawberry raspberry fool, which you probably already know how to make. I do love a fool. (laughs) I've made a rhubarb fool before, and as its name suggests, it was foolishly easy. And foolproof. Mm. You just take some fresh berries or other fruit, as you mentioned with the rhubarb, And then you macerate them with a touch of sugar and a pinch of salt. And then you layer them in glasses with some whipped cream. Yeah, I mean, it's fast. It's easy. It's a perfect way to use fresh fruit. And if you are using rhubarb or another firmer fruit like apples or peaches, you can just cook them gently until soft. Oh, good idea. You know, I didn't even haul out my stand mixer to make the whipped cream. I just put a cup of heavy cream in a mason jar with a teaspoon of vanilla and a tablespoon of sugar, and I shook it until I had soft peaks. And then I'd layer the cream in the bottom of the glass, then the berries, then the cream for, I don't know, four or five layers until I was done. And I know how much you love your fresh berry stand spooners, so I'm sure you had no trouble doing a few variations. That's true. I started the summer with strawberries. Those came in first. And then I added raspberries as those came into season. And then I started doing raspberry mixed with marionberry and finally blueberry at the end of the summer. I was a regular at the fruit stand for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly think this is the perfect summer dessert for company. You can macerate the berries. I keep using that word macerate. It just means letting the berries soak in sugar um, to release their juices. Yeah, it's the like $100 word for that. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You can macerate the berries for up to two hours ahead of time before you serve. And it's also fun to pass that cream jar around the table and let everyone take turns giving it a good shake. You could also easily turn this dessert into a dairy-free one by chilling a can of coconut milk overnight in the fridge scooping out the hardened coconut cream, and then whipping it into soft peaks with a touch of sugar. So, Stefan, the fool was my official dessert of summer 2019. I'm not kidding. I think I made it like 15 or 20 times. How about you? How did you satisfy your sweet tooth this summer? 
Well, I was back in the Pacific Northwest visiting family this summer, and I was also visiting my apple tree, which I'm not exaggerating, produced hundreds of pounds of apples this year. Oh my gosh. I think it's finally mature, or maybe it just missed me. (laughs) So I made all kinds of apple desserts. I made gallons of my favorite no-peel applesauce. I made pies. I made crumbles. I made crisps. I felt very proud of all I was able to use up, although there were probably still 20 pounds of fruit on that tree when I had to leave. Oh my gosh. Well, it wasn't all berries at my house either. Another thing I ate regularly this summer was a lot of fresh fruit, and I didn't limit myself to having it at dessert. You know the classic caprese salad? Oh yeah, tomato, basil, and fresh mozzarella. One of my faves. Yeah, me too. And one really fun way to summarize it is to toss in fresh fruit or substitute a different fruit for the tomatoes. So Uh my two favorite versions this summer were one that I made with peaches, basil, and mozzarella. I had that multiple times. I loved it. And then one night I had my regular tomato basil mozzarella, but then I also threw in watermelon and mint in equal proportions. And it was so good to have that mixed in with it. Oh, it sounds so refreshing too. It was. Well, Andrea, I baked with another veggie this summer also, and it was a classic zucchini cake from one of our favorite sources, The View from Great Island. Oh, yeah. My friend, loyal listener Lydia, I love that alliteration, by the way, (laughs) gifted me a fresh zucchini from her garden, and I made this one for my mother-in-law's birthday. My daughter was really into making frosting this summer, so she whipped up the cream cheese frosting. It was truly a family affair and really moist and delicious. I'm not surprised she was into making frosting. I'm sure you were both so excited to have real U.S.-style cream cheese (laughs) frosting. (laughs) So excited. Andrea, another Northwest summertime tradition for my family is to go berry picking. And this year, my mom, my kids, and I picked about 30 pounds of blueberries. Wow. We ate our weight in fresh fruit, of course, but I also made a blueberry pound cake for my father-in-law's birthday from a recipe I found on the Spruce Eats that was beautiful, delicious, and used a bunt. Our favorite cake pan. Listener Kelly posted in early July about receiving a gallon bag of blueberries from a coworker, and she was asking for suggestions, and boy, did the preheaters weigh in. Oh, yeah. From blueberry cheesecake sandwiches to coffee cakes to muffins, and of course, I couldn't help but notice that a lot of our listeners' favorite blueberry recipes were paired with lemon. Yeah, it's a classic combination. And Stefan, I noticed that you had a lot of family birthdays to bake for this summer. Oh, I did nothing but eat when I was back in the States. (laughs) And, you know, speaking of classic combinations, I also combined my bounty of apples and blueberries into a blueberry apple crumble pie that I have to say was amazing. Mm. I'd never thought to put those two fruits together, but it really worked, as did our favorite crumble topping you spoke about at the top of the show. That's Kate McDermott's crumble topping from Art of the Pie. Oh, yeah. I recently unearthed some of that crumble from my freezer. I'm, I'm not sure how it got overlooked, but I can tell you it held up and it was still delicious. <laughs> you can eat that by the handful. Oh, yes. Well, listeners, we hope you had as much fun baking and eating all summer as we did. Thank you so much for continuing to post over our hiatus in our Facebook listeners group. Your pictures were, as always, inspirational. 
Well, the timer's buzzed and we've got to get the icing on to this episode. We release new episodes every Monday morning and next week we'll find out if our new and improved banana bread is really all it's cracked up to be. Also, my husband's celebrating a birthday, so we'll be running to our pantries and pulling out the peanut butter for a modern-day twist on an old-fashioned peanut butter sandwich. Finally, taking our cue from some of our listeners, we'll chat about kids moving away from home and how best to prepare them for cooking and baking on their own. Listeners, if you'd like to get an email and a link to the full show notes every week when our episode is released, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting our website, preheatedpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we're at Preheated Pod. And if you like our show, please do tell a friend and subscribe, and then consider ranking and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you download our podcast. Until next time, I'm Andrea Ballard in Olympia, Washington. And I'm Stefan Cohn in London. Thanks for listening, and sweet dreams. Preheated is written, hosted, and edited by Andrea Ballard and Stefan Cohn in association with 24th Floor Productions.